Well, hello, this is Pastor Rick, and this is The Prophetic Angle. And I want to tell you today, I'm very, very concerned. Somebody said, well, how can you be so concerned? Does that mean you're worried? No, there's a difference between concern and worry. I'm going to try my best with the short time I have to share with you some words to illustrate the distinction and to convey to you my dilemma as a pastor, as a prophetic teacher, as a prophetic voice in this last day, in this time, to properly present the Word of God and the happenings that are in the offing, the near future, for that matter, that, that matter. And to do it in such a way that I can provoke the proper response according to God's will. Now, as a faith preacher, you know, I believe all things work together for good to them that love God and are the called according to His purpose. And I have prophesied and believe that President Trump will win a second term. I believe that. I believe it's in God's hands. God knows the end from the beginning, and I, and I trust God. But then on the other hand, it's not an absolute given that God has to do anything. God doesn't have to do anything but keep His Word. And His Word has stipulations in it. And therefore, it's, it's, of, it's of necessity, it's an imperative that the people of God respond to the prophetic voices in the proper manner. And I want to tell you, I'm very concerned because I don't see that happening yet. Now, I don't know how many God requires for him to do a certain thing, unless, of course, he says, yeah, I need this many number. And so I have to go by what I perceive. And what I see is the response of those that profess to be Christians at the very best is lacking. It's lacking. And we only have a little over two weeks to go till this election that could totally change the trajectory of our country. And the trajectory had been going down quickly prior to the election of President Trump. And then lo and behold, in this last year of the first term, the coronavirus and everything that has followed has caused that trajectory, in a sense, in many ways, to, to start to go back down again. Now, when I say that, there's a lot of ironies here. Look at the stock market going up now. Look at um, the positivity of those that follow uh, the president. And among those are many Christians. Obviously, they're not all Christians, but among those are many Christians. So there, there are some contradictory behaviors that are taking place, and the trajectory is not an absolute at this point. But if Joe Biden gets elected, which it would really be Kamala Harris and those behind her, then, my friend, the trajectory is going to go swiftly down. Now, that doesn't mean that God wouldn't be in control. That doesn't mean that God won't salvage His church, won't bring revival. That doesn't mean that God won't protect those that are His. We have all those scriptures. But you see, 
You can already tell by my seesawing in this um, delivery, this monologue, you please, that I'm having a struggle. I have a dilemma. Because if I say, well, don't worry about it. God's got it under control. Then I don't elicit or solicit rather. <laughs> I don't solicit a response from the body of Christ which most seem to be lethargic, asleep, complacent, even apathetic. If I say, if I preach what some people call doom and gloom only, then they label you as a doom and gloom preacher. And, uh, you know, people within the body of Christ start dividing up and coming against you. So it's a real dilemma. You know, you have some people that say, you know, Trump's going to win by landslide, and maybe he will. That would be great. And then you have others that say, you know, God is doing something uh, that is bringing an end to America. Some of them blame that on God. And then others say it's the devil. And anyway, others don't try to say it's God or the devil. They just say, you know, it's going to pr pretty much all be over in November. The end is at hand. You can see it. So what to believe? Well, I believe Trump's going to win another term, but I don't believe it's a given that God has to do anything unless he can get the response that he needs. That means sometimes, my friend, I'm going to appear to be preaching what some people call doom and gloom, which I'm not. I'm calling for repentance. And the other time, I might be looking like I'm glossing over the obvious. So let me read to you some scripture here that would help you balance this out, because my concern is that many, many, many ministers are not balanced in their presentation. And I don't mean by that that you've got to qualify everything that you say. All right, 2 Corinthians 4 says in verse 1 of chapter 4, Therefore, having this ministry by the mercy of God, we do not lose heart. In other words, we're not worried. We're concerned, but we're not worried. But we have renounced disgraceful, underhanded ways. We refuse to practice cunning or to tamper with God's Word. I'm not going to change God's Word to please anybody. But by the open statement of the truth, we would commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing in their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ is Lord with ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, let, him, let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of of Jesus Christ. So here Paul says, you know, in spite of the pressure, in spite of the underhanded ways of many, we, we renounce that. We are not going to twist and use the Word of God with cunning by tampering with it. We're just going to go ahead and declare the truth 
and commend ourselves to God and to the conscience of those that are listening. Another passage that you might be familiar with is uh, in 2 Timothy. Let's see if I can find it. 2.15, where Paul says, Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling, King James says dividing, rightly handling the word of truth. So I'm telling you, this, this Bible that we believe is a precious sacred book, and we have to be very reverent in the way we use it. That means when we read about the judgments of God throughout the Bible all the way through, because God judges sin, we can't sugarcoat it and act like God is changing his character because he will always hate sin. He will always judge sin. And of course, we could talk about the good news of how Jesus took that judgment on the cross, but that doesn't alleviate uh, the, the penalty for sin that's inherent, nor does it alleviate the penalty of sin that is proximate, nor does it alleviate the penalty of sin that would happen as a consequence of behavior in the temporal realm. It, does, it just doesn't do that. And so if a person steals and he gets caught, he's probably going to have to be penalized in the justice system. If a person commits murder and, and they go through the indictment, the arraignment, and the conviction, and then the judge issues the penalty of life in prison or 10 years uh, and then probation or the death penalty, then they're going to reap those consequences even if they get forgiveness from God. And if a country, you know, goes against the word of God, then there's judgment. There are consequences. And uh, there's so many different tiers to this discussion that sometimes if you... If you're talking about the blessings of God and how God brings deliverance, you don't always have time to bring in, yes, the yes, but, the yes, but. Okay, but there's the blessing and there's the curse. And yes, you can choose because of the blood what you want. But my friend, we cannot say that just because we believe Donald Trump is going to win the election that God is not calling on the church to repent or the people that are professing to be Christians. He's calling on us to get sober, to be sober-minded, and to humble ourselves. You know, in the book of Chronicles, it says, if my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and turn from their wicked ways, calling upon me, then will I hear from heaven and heal their land. Now, I'm not seeing that like I think we need to see it. I'm not sure what's going to happen in the ballot box. I know there's a lot of nefarious, uh, mischievous, conspiring and strategizing that's in play. But I really believe, my friend, you and I, at least those of us that are hearing this word today, we're going to have to walk humbly before our God, not full of pride, not boasting, and not going around acting like it doesn't matter. Because 
Right now, God is trying to reach those that have severed themselves or, or distanced themselves from Him. And think, I think I'll just conclude with this dilemma right here. I have a dilemma about those that have spiritually distanced from God and more than six feet. I don't know if they're afraid that God, His droppings are going to get on them or not. But I want God's, I want God's droppings to get on me. I want God to breathe on me. I want God. I want to be close to God. I want intimacy with God. I want the breath of God. I want the touch of God. I'm not afraid to get close to God because I know because of the blood, I don't have to worry. And because of the blood, I can get as close to God as possible and I'll be blessed. But it seems like many have distanced themselves from God. They're wearing their mask. They wear their veil. They stay away from God. They don't come to church. They don't pray. They don't give. They don't live. They don't engage and yet, I suppose many or most profess that they're still Christians. And of course, that's between them and God. But see, that's exactly the opposite of the response that God is calling for. So if we're going to preach this word, we're going to have to talk about how it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of a living God. Our God is a consuming fire, and we are not to take Him lightly. And yes, he's a God of love. That's what the cross is all about. That's what Jesus is all about. That's what the blood is all about. But you can't just cavalierly handle that truth. You have to accept it, embrace it, engage with it, believe it, live it, and move into it. Not just hold it at a distance and say, yes, this is my good luck charm. Because it's not a good luck charm. So I hope you understand my dilemma. And if you hear me preaching and it sounds like I'm preaching one side of this message more than the other, you probably need to hear me more often so you can understand that I am a balanced preacher. That's what I strive for. At the same time, when you're hearing a particular message, understand what that point is and the need for that point and respond to that point because that's what the Holy Spirit is saying for that hour. Would you pray for me? Would you pray that I can convey the Word of God in a sober, balanced manner, but I can present it where it can bring a healthy concern in the body of Christ and for those that are lost, that they can go ahead and repent and be saved? I appreciate your prayers, and I'm going to continue to do my best to do what God wants us to do. I mean, if Joe Biden were to win, God can still work his will out through his body and through his word. It will still come to pass. The thing is, though, we have a role to play here in the sovereignty of God. We have our obedience, our response, his expectation. He knows what we're going to do. We don't. But we need to do what he's asking us to do. And then we can hasten some of the things that we want to happen sooner rather than later. But if we don't, then some of the things we don't want to happen sooner rather than later will happen sooner rather than later. Uh, I know it's hard to articulate this completely, 
but I think you understand the gist of what I'm saying. Thank you for your prayers. This is my dilemma. I'm very concerned about the response of those that say they are Christians. Thank you for listening today. The Prophetic Angle podcast. Listen to another podcast and go watch a video on The Prophetic Angle at YouTube. God bless.